Hello, word nerds. Welcome to another episode of The Dictionary. As you regular listeners know, sometimes I talk a little bit about my personal life. Um, and I was just a few days ago in Los Angeles. I was there to, uh, well, I'll talk about that in the next episode. Um, but I will tell you what I did the first night, Friday night. Robot Chicken had their 10th season premiere show um, where they played some clips from old episodes, they interviewed some people, and they also played the entire first episode of the 10th season. So I just wanted to give you a few highlights uh, from the night because I had a blast. Um, It was at the Ace Hotel in downtown LA. Seth Green and Matthew Senreich, who are the creators of the show, they were, of course, there through the whole time. Um, The MC for the night was none other than Will Wheaton. Of course, he is known mostly from uh, Stand By Me and uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, but he's done a lot of things, and uh, he kind of encapsulates uh, the epitome of nerd culture. I don't mean that in a mean way at all. Uh, That's actually a term of endearment. I think he would take that as a compliment, which is how it's meant. Uh, So, yeah, they brought out some of the original writers, uh, interviewed them, played some of their classic clips. Uh, Then they brought out some writers and directors from the current season, the new 10th season, which just started on Sunday, I think, September 30th. Was that Sunday? Anyway, uh, and one of them was Brecken Meyer, who's been a longtime guest star on Robot Chicken. He's very good friends with uh, Matt and Seth, and he is a goofy guy. He was wearing a jumpsuit. He talked about um, his Boba Fett underwear, which, uh, of course, Seth Green didn't believe that he was wearing, so he actually showed us all his Boba Fett underwear. Uh, Seth Green had a, uh, a t-shirt cannon. They had special uh, 10th season robot chicken shirts that they were shooting out to people, uh, which he passed off to all the various guests who came up. Uh, and Breckenmeyer had a good time with that as well. A little bit more on the t-shirt cannon later. Uh, then they brought out some of uh, their guest voice actors, which included uh, one of the guys from Fallout Boy, um, he's done some music for them, Felicia Day, uh, Ahmed Best, who played Jar Jar Binks, and um, none other than Weird Al. None of them were announced beforehand. Uh, it was truly an honor to see them, especially Weird Al, especially because uh, the next day I would be recording some episodes talking about Weird Al music. So that was pretty interesting. And at the end of the show, they had all the actors uh, perform sketches that uh, were never were never made, were never created. They were ideas that they had that were got written and that they got axed. Uh, and so that was kind of fun to see. And for the very last sketch, they brought out a new special guest who was none other than Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone and many other things, of course. Uh, and the the additional funny thing, it was very cool to see him, but the additional funny thing about that was just that that was the third Home Alone reference of the day for me. Uh, so that was very strange. Uh, and then real quick about the t-shirt cannon. Um, at one point near the end of the night, I think it was Ahmed Best who had the t-shirt cannon. He shot it up. I was in the balcony along with the other general admission people, and it came right for me. I was not quite prepared. I should have put my hands up. Uh, but I was with it enough to move my head to the side. Uh, If I hadn't, it literally would have hit me square in the face. It did graze my neck. Uh, It hit the leg of the woman behind me, and then like the six or seven of us in that area started scrambling looking for it, and it just disappeared. We just could not find this T-shirt. 
anywhere. Uh, but they did give out free t-shirts at the end. They had a, a table set up and they were giving them out. And then as I was leaving the show, walking to my lift, I saw none other than Tazon Day of Chocolate Rain fame. And I quickly said hi and I got a picture with him. So that was very weird and cool. But let's get to the words. That took up a good few minutes. All right. The first word for this episode is Arabic, capital A-R-A-B-I-C. This is the first form. It's a noun from the 14th century, a Semitic language originally of the Arabs of the Hejaz and Nejd that is now the prevailing speech of a wide region of southwestern Asia and northern Africa. Apologies if I mispronounced any of those words, specifically Hejaz is spelled H-E-J-A-Z, and Nejd is N-E-J-D. I'm sure I pronounced them incorrectly. Next, we have the second form of Arabic. This is an adjective from the 14th century. One, of, relating to, or characteristic of Arabia or the Arabs. Two, of, relating to, or constituting Arabic. Three, expressed in or utilizing Arabic numerals. Next, we have Arabica. This is a noun from 1882. One, an evergreen shrub or tree yielding seeds that produce a high-quality coffee and form a large portion of the coffee of commerce. Two, the seeds of Arabica, especially roasted and often ground. The scientific name for the evergreen shrub or tree is Coffea Arabica. Next, we have Arabic alphabet. Two words, the first A in Arabic is capitalized. This is a noun from 1732 an alphabet of 28 letters derived from the Aramaic alphabet, which is used for writing Arabic and also with adaptations for other languages of the Islamic world. Next, we have Arabicize, A-R-A-B-I-C-I-Z-E. This is a transitive verb from 1826. One, to adapt a language or elements of a language to the phonetic or structural pattern of Arabic. Two, we have the number one definition for Arabize, which we will be getting to in the future. Arabicization is a noun. Now we have Arabic numeral, two separate words. This is a noun from 1756, any of the number symbols. And then it shows me the symbols, which are zero through nine. And then it tells me to see the number table. Next, we have Arabinose, A-R-A-B-I-N-O-S-E. This is a noun from 1889, a white crystalline aldose sugar, C5H10O5, occurring especially in vegetable gums. Next, we have Arabinoside, A-R-A-B-I-N-O-S-I-D-E. This is a noun from 1927, a glycoside that yields arabinose on hydrolysis. Lots of fun words. By the way, if uh, this sounds a little bit different, that is because of a couple of reasons. First, I am not recording in the normal audio booth that I normally do. Um, And second, it is because I have a, a foam piece on the microphone, which I should have been using this whole time. I don't know why I didn't. Um, But I think that changes the sound a little bit. And here we go with Arabize, A-R-A-B-I-S-E. This is the British variation of Arabize with a Z-E. 
And the American spelling with a Z is the one that I mentioned previously that we will be getting to in the future. Next, we have Arabism with a capital A. This is a noun from 1614. One, a characteristic feature of Arabic occurring in another language. Two, devotion to Arab interests, culture, aspirations, or ideals. Next, we have Arabist with a capital A. This is a noun from 1753. One, a specialist in the Arabic language or in Arabic culture. Two, a person who favors Arab interests and positions in international affairs. And here we go with Arabize with a capital A. This is a transitive verb from 1883. 1A, to cause to acquire Arabic customs, manners, speech, or outlook. 1B, to modify a population by intermarriage with Arabs. 2. We have the one definition for Arabicize, which is that one that we read earlier. And Arabization is a noun. Next is Arable, A-R-A-B-L-E. It's the first form. This is an adjective from the 15th century. 1. Fit for or used for the growing of crops. 2. Is British. Engaged in, produced by, or being the cultivation of arable land. Arability is a noun. The etymology says this is from the Latin arabilis, which is from the verb arare, which means to plow, and that is akin to the Old English arion, which means to plow, and the Greek arun, A-R-O-U-N. Now we have the second form of arable. This is a noun from 1576. It is chiefly British, and it means land fit or used for the growing of crops. Also, a plot of such land, as in the village arable of Anglo-Saxon times. And we will do one more for this episode. It is Arab Spring. Two separate words, first letters of each are capitalized. This is a noun from 2010, uh, and that uh, I'm pretty sure might be the most recent one I've seen in this book. By the way, I am using a physical book. It is a little on the old side, so there are probably a lot of words that have been added uh, that are not in here. So I might need to figure out uh, if I need to do an update. So the definition is a series of anti-government uprisings affecting Arab countries of North Africa and the Middle East beginning in 2010. I am going to pick Arabic numeral as the word of the episode. I guess it's two words uh, because those numbers zero through nine are the base for math in our world. There are other languages that have different symbols for those numbers. Uh, But, you know, I speak English. The majority of the world speaks English. I think the majority of the world recognizes those symbols, uh, and they are really important. Math and science and numbers are hugely important to this world. So that is the word of the episode. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, this is Spencer reading the dictionary. Goodbye.